This is Ergo here on WHPK, ergoradio.com. I'm Kiss. I'm Dame. And what we do is we showcase strong voices from Chicago and beyond each week. Another live, long-form interview with an artist, writer, organizer, person reshaping the culture of our city for the more equitable and just and just better, you know? Make the world a better place, even if you, you know, no matter where you are. <laughs> <laughs> how, how you feeling today, I'm man? Curious, you all right? I'm curious who you're saying shouldn't. You're like, yeah, you should be making the world better, but... Except for you, Steve. I was I was trying to think of an example that people may take as mundane, but I didn't want to like be oh, offensive. Recycling. Yeah, recycling or like you know if you're just doing like you know the everyday desk job that won't often get the the type of shine that people up here get. Mm-hmm. You know, still make the world a better place from your from your from your cubicle. You can make your cubicle more equitable and more creative. For you know, sure. you absolutely. Know, we all we all have an impact. It's a ripple effect. Yeah. <laughs> How you feeling right. today? We, we, I am we, very. You, you moved yesterday. Oh, we helped you, and it wiped me all the way. I I want to take a moment before we get to our very special guest to extend some real appreciation. Oh yeah, to the man, the myth, the legend, Damon Williams. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Through through a big coin in the favorite bank right there. Did we, one of those we, real friend moves. Yeah, yeah. There's like a a pickup. <laughs> And then there's like a ride to the airport. Then there's like helping move. And then there's like kidney donation in terms of like the hierarchy of favors. So I've so. got kidneys on ice right now for whenever the kid needs it. <laughs> <laughs> but thank Real you to him. <laughs> and I also want to give a quick shout out before we get into the community announcements to the wonderful, wonderful people over at La Palma Puerto Rican Restaurant Absolutely. in Humboldt Park. They are have been the home. Shout out to Mama Bear. Oh hooking my us goodness. Up. Yesterday after a very long move, uh, Dave and I, and also shout out to my other friend Dan who helped us move, went there and had not just a great meal, but just the most love I've received. Gave free sandwich. She called. She called us her her son. Oh my goodness! Go there, <laughs> give them money. I forgot the address. It's called La Palma. It's, it's on right home on in just yeah. uh, home in an evergreen. Basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got a phone. <laughs> Google it. Um, you know, free samples means you have to give them a kidney now. I'm running out of kidneys. They, had, they had like kidney beans. All right, community announcements. Let's get them. So a couple weeks ago, we shouted out. What's up, community? They can't announce themselves. Um, RJ Aldridge's show Subterranean Politics we shouted out the opening of that a few weeks back the closing is tonight that's at the Chicago Art Department um, definitely go through and see his wonderful photography work it's amazing there's also you see you heard it you don't yeah. have to take my word for it also public new, the next edition of Public Newsroom which is about the different ways that Chicago gets reported on is today at Bill Coffey also, SZA is performing tonight. You probably don't have tickets, but for those of you who do enjoy. But I wanted to mention it because Ergolum, Raven, Lene, and, you know, er- Ergo Fred, adjacent. You <laughs> know, have our opening for us. So, you know, it's, it's all in the family. I think I'm going to try to get into that young after party. Ooh, what's the after party? I don't know. It's he, called Netflix and Duce. It's a Duce. Oh, Face they've been doing those too. Yeah, okay. Yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah. Well, is it like open to everybody? Because it's going to be pretty crazy it's, if it is. I, I'm I'm planning on using plugs. Yeah. I don't I don't expect like, to go no. through the normal channels. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but if you can finesse your way in there, it's probably going to be cool. All the best to you. That sounds, they've been doing that through the whole tour, actually. Man, like, it sounds cities. like that's a cool move. He, he made a Jay-Z type move with the with the song choice there. Mm-hmm. Get, get, some, get some dollars with the... See? <laughs> well, Netflix has their own line of things right now, so oh, I that. dual sponsorship. Man, I think we can just go straight out of the. This is <laughs> this is important. <laughs> they, I, did you see the thing there where they have their own like they have weeds that pair with different movies? No, yeah, Netflix and TV is, shows. Yeah, yeah. Pusey's got her own line from Orange Is the New Black, so I think like we, strands of weed. Is yeah, that what you're talking about? I, I mean that's, that's unheard of. That's crazy. Super creative. You know, yeah, that's a nice market. Takes Netflix bitch. and chill to a whole new level. Wow, wow, they embrace that. Yeah, Man. I'm gonna add one more announcement in there because I feel like we're, we're going right into the stream. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Independent Film Festival, Midwest Independent Film Festival is happening Tuesday, September 5th, from six to nine thirty at Landmark Century Cinema. That's North. Clark, Chicago, 2828 North Clark, Chicago, I Illinois. Like how you do addresses on the north side. Like, <laughs> north, the Clark. number. It's weird. Look at this though. Like the number was on one line and the street was. You see what I happened. hear you. I hear you. All right. But what about that film? Festival? It's going to be cool because not only are there going to be other things in it, but Drive Slow, uh, the film directed and written by uh, Ergo guest and alum Terrence Thompson, 
that I also am fortunate to have been the lead in will be being screened. Um, I don't know if I have any plugs. So the <laughs> tickets are 10 to $15. I don't even know if I'm on the list yet. I'm assuming <laughs> I'll be able to get in. So don't ask me, but go if you can. Uh, or maybe ask me and I might be able to get you in. Hopefully. We'll, we'll see. We'll see where the juice You're takes like you. dangerously situating yourself as the plugger rather than the pluggy. And that's not, that's a dangerous yeah, that's position a, to that's be. That's a slippery slope. I take that back. Go ask me for shit. <laughs> All right. Let's get into it. Very, very excited. We have a wonderful soul up here already participating, helping us with hey, the announcements. You know, that, that's rare. I like to know what's going on. You know, we, we got the curator, <laughs> artist, just, just. All around, I think you're a sweetheart. I'm put you in the oh, sweetheart category. Thank you, that's, that's Sierra so McKissick. Yes, McKissick, you got it. Sierra right. of hey. AMFM is here, and now we're gonna make the noise. Bra bra bra. Such excitement, guys! That was great. You yeah. deserve it. So, as as we like thank to start, um, how is the world treating you, and how are you treating the world in this season? Those are two questions. Wow. <laughs> I'm going to start clarifying. I think um, I've been coming with that fire and the world has been pretty lit as of late. It's it's been a really fun summer. It's been busy. I'm trying not to burn out from that fire also, but it's been a lot of fun. I just got back from New York like yesterday. out there for Afropunk and uh, kicking it with homies and stuff. But I'm about to embark on some pretty awesome events and like stuff that I have coming up in September. So trying to keep that fire going. So let's get the formal plugs for those in early so if someone you know doesn't get to minute 57 you know it's a long Sometimes show i understand um but what do you have specifically coming up and how can po- folks get involved yeah for sure i've got uh probably the biggest show that i will do in chicago coming up on september 8th i got a night out in the parks grand and we're doing our monthly art and music showcase the jazz series popping up at Dvorak park and pilsen um i'm super stoked about it we've got some great acts elton aura we've got lily k Drea, the Vibe Dealer, and the Avantist are going to be on the bill. And we're going to have vendors. There's going to be food, taco trucks. It's all ages, and it's free. So please come out to Pilsen, to Dvorak Park. It's going to be really, really fun. And then on the 23rd, I'm uh, doing an activation at the MCA for Ooh. the prime time around Mirakami's show. So I'm really excited about it. You don't get asked to do stuff at the museum yeah. every day. I was on my vision board, and it came to life. Hey, so, shout out what? to the manifestation. Shout out to vision boards, man, for sure. <laughs> Um, super excited about that. So I'm doing this like Rubik's Cube uh, collaboration installation with um, Brandon Billard. He's a Detroit based, um, but moving to San Jose, he's going to bring this cube out. We're going to set it up and uh, I've got dancers and Sadie Woods is going to uh, be DJing inside. So it's going to be like a music box of sorts uh, cool. kind of thing happening. And we've got Joshua Ishman dancing as well and some other folks. So it should be fun. Come out for that. I feel like your, your calendar stay busy. It's like every week, man. Like yeah. I was like, Oh, I got this interview today. <laughs> Let's get to the South side. So it's super fun. Like I'm definitely grateful to be able to do the work that I love to do. And like the dream came true for sure quit my day job in may and this wow. summer i've just been going hard yeah. so shout yeah. out <laughs> shout out to the to the day job quitting yes I, I think that, that is one of the things about being because uh, of all the things you do i think you know a central piece to kind of whether that's physical or artistically is the space making right and yeah. the setting of the setting of the box and the yeah. room and the parameters mm-hmm. um and the thing with that that i've I've seen with you and other people doing that kind of work is there just always is that next thing. Yeah. You never really get that second to, to breathe if things are going well. No, seriously. I hopped off the plane um, on Tuesday night, got some tacos. That was like the first thing I did. And then woke up the next day, got to work because I had West Side Wednesdays. I'm working with a school, the Art Institute in Holman Square. We do this open mic every Wednesday. Where is it? It's over um, off of Arlington in St. Louis, like mm-hmm. outside of the YMCA, YWCA, the, the, down the, the street. The tower like if you're an artist, Square, come yeah. through. Like it's super fun. We like to build with the community over there. Every week it's a different featured West Side artist and uh, they host the open mic and then they perform at the end. So um, people come out. We have a bunch of kids too and like family members and stuff. We had a cipher yesterday. So it was a lot of love. Came back, jumped into that. Got RJ's closing tonight, mm. tomorrow. This weekend's pretty chill, but my homie um, 
has a dope event called Afrobang. Uh, it's Khalid B. It's Nancy Carnival. Yeah, super lit. Make sure you go to that. Consider it announced. Yes. <laughs> yes. Right it's here. a connection with the Afrofest, which also, <laughs> yeah. folks, I'm going to that. My mom is, is coming. Happening. Like, I'm so excited where's to see mom, her. Where's mom coming from? She's coming from Milwaukee. That's where I'm from originally. Oh, yeah. sure. And like, honestly, this summer has been so crazy that even though it's an hour and a half away, I haven't been able to just hop, skip, and go home. Yeah. I miss home. I miss my family. So I'm excited that she's coming right. this weekend. All right. I think I have a plan on, on how to get this on how to get this ball rolling. Yeah, all right. Because <laughs> where you where you just left off is exactly where where I want to go in home. All and, right, and that's, true. Uh, our some of the favorite part of our work is to really like give folks human story. But before, just want to make sure we like clarify yeah. how you present and operate in the ah, world. I think true. you are someone that like I, I know now and enjoy, <laughs> but I feel like I only have an understanding of a sliver of, yeah. of what you do. Um, so I, I, I would call you a curator. Yeah. And I think uh, your public presence has, you know, magnified since the gallery AMFM have launched so well over what is it are you going on two years or just January January so the magazine um, this This year year. wow yeah Yeah, you've done a lot of shit in there in like nine in the gallery man it's been crazy I feel like every (laughs) week we've announced something that's been happening at the gallery (laughs) thank you for the love man I appreciate that but yeah no I was been doing a lot of reflecting on AMFM and stuff like that like because it was something I started back in college in 09 so I was like telling someone that it'll be 10 years in like two years like it's about to be 2018 so like one year actually but I've been doing that but just how the buildup in Chicago has been I've been here for three years now I was doing pop-ups and shows at different spaces but really having that brick and mortar the amfm mm. headquarters the gallery the space has catapulted it to this entirely different level and just brought a lot of like really dope attention and uh really great work that i've been able to execute through it so even trying to figure out what i am like an entrepreneur yeah. now a business owner like yeah, that's, why, a gallery, that's why my like, question is yeah like, cultural I, I engineer I, like i don't know that's what i want <laughs> to know is like how, how you um how do you articulate your like various manifestations yeah. and work yourself because i think i just knew you as someone with an aesthetic that was like yeah. really, okay like we're in the same yeah. we're in the same orbit yeah a bunch Definitely. of party noirs that we was, yeah. actually funny story <laughs> do you remember the first time i ever spoke to you i bet you you don't i don't know but i remember the first time i ever saw you i came to your play that you did with your sister oh, that right. i was like yo you guys were really dope that was the first time that i remember having like a true interaction with you oh guys. wow are you yeah. talking about lack on lack yeah like, oh, Wait, that was wow. when i first moved to chicago and i was trying to find stuff oh, to do and wow. i saw the this victory like, garden stuff and i was like this sounds like something i would like and i came and i was like yo oh man that's a cool. hidden gem that, yeah. i just blushed a little bit wow, that, was, that was also the first time i saw you after we graduated yeah. school. so when yeah. did you specifically maybe to the day when did you move here when i moved here it's like this time of year like, like July, end of august, august yeah. um this is like the end of my third year right, right now so yeah, yeah. Well, was like, my, my first like <laughs> distinct memory was at party noir a home girl of mine was like crushing on oh you my I'm god a, i'm gonna keep it confidential <laughs> but i did like the classic like hey. like you're a great wingman you yeah? i was like hey how you doing like yo my friend yeah like, wants to holler at you you're like oh i have a partner <laughs> but like i just want to offer this to anybody that knows me I will definitely holler at folks for you. I yeah. am. I am like. Did I? Did I? It was, I, did, it was, was sweet. Very, it was very, very. Like, it wasn't like, hey, yo, like, not in my space or anything. I wasn't turned off. It was very like was, humbling. I kept. Experience. I kept the friend confidential. Yeah. Like, I'm not. Not yeah. gonna tell you. I just want you to know yep. that I have a friend that's appreciating you. <laughs> if you would like to, I'm here to facilitate. Yeah. So. Are there any other facilitator roles like that that you feel maybe folks don't know, but remarkable <laughs> skills that you have? Like, no, that's the, just that's it. I will. I will wing man. You know, he'll help you move. He'll yeah. be your wing man. <laughs> So so now that we've established the world, let's go back. Let's go back to to pre Chicago and like Milwaukee is home. So first of all, just shout out to Milwaukee. Yeah. Milwaukee is like a a kind of a kindred cousin to us that I don't think gets the appreciation that it deserves. So there's so many Milwaukee people in Chicago too. Do the home joint. Sure. Do it. You do it. You know, rather than being like, what's the deal with Milwaukee? The question is (laughs) what is Thank you for that. (laughs) (laughs) The question that I always like to ask is when you think about home, let's say like for six year old Sierra, what are a couple like Sights and sounds and smells of your block, your neighborhood, your house. 
So it's interesting because I lived like these these two kind of lives. You know, I grew up in the hood of Milwaukee, uh, 53206, most incarcerated area in the city and stuff like that. But also I loved going to the east side and like River West and like checking out art stuff with my dad or like is there like an food. equivalent to that to that east side thing in Chicago? like what would you for folks who don't have the kind i would say the east side and like river west and stuff is a lot like the vibes of pilsen or just different like wicker park areas but like mm-hmm. on a smaller more like charming milwaukee kind of yeah. scale like i love uh those areas in chicago because there's a lot of art and there's a lot of culture and stuff over there and that's definitely what drew me to that as like a young person in milwaukee like wanting to go to the east side being this young like black creative who like was growing up in the hood and stuff and you didn't really see that stuff mm-hmm. around you um but like going over there and hanging out with friends or even just like i used to be kind of kid who would just take the bus wherever mm-hmm. like by myself go to the library every saturday Day, read there all day walk to the bookstore like have coffee like or whatever like, <laughs> there were air quotes on the coffee <laughs> <laughs> like oh but i sit in this coffee shop euphemism? all day euphemism is that what the like, kids are calling stoically it? like emo or something <laughs> like that a, there's a great john mulaney but he grew up in chicago and he has this uh he, he talks about like when he was 12 all he wanted to do was go to a diner eat a cheeseburger and read the newspaper like a little citizen. <laughs> yeah. I would just ride the bus and like talk to people and like write in my journal. Like, I think that like going out, I mean, that's what I do now. And that's how I met a lot of people and started doing a lot of the work. Cause I just have never been afraid to just like go out there and get into the city and like go to places that I wanted to go. And I'll like get a bunch of music and listen to it and things like that. And just get into these conversations with random people. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, it's definitely in my blood. I think so, I started doing that early. So you yeah. identified as like a creative, like I, no, definitely. I went to like a like Elm Creative Arts. That was in my oh. the name of my elementary school. So uh, from the jump, yeah. But it was like a Milwaukee Public School. Um, sadly, like the school isn't as arts run like that anymore. Because mm. yeah, the arts man. Because America. Yeah, because right, America. <laughs> yeah. Wait, but, what's been going on with America? <laughs> so, I don't know. You haven't you haven't heard? I haven't been watching the news. <laughs> but. We had like dance class. Turned off my Google alerts. <laughs> I unfollowed America on social media. <laughs> That's oh, funny. <laughs> there probably is like a Twitter handle called America. Oh my god! <laughs> you know? I'm terrified of yeah, that. Look at that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we, we had like dance class, theater classes, music, art class, like every different class throughout the day and stuff like that so I was consistently surrounded by art growing up from a young age and my grandmother always had me in some sort of music lesson growing Shout out up. To grandma. yeah seriously my great grandmother actually like she Ooh. would pay for um, violin lessons clarinet lessons and piano lessons I was a horrible kid and didn't like to practice. I really wish I did. Are, are you, do you have any of those? I can play skills? by ear okay. and I can play at them now. I wouldn't say that I'm like a skilled pianist, although like I really but wish can... that I had kept up with it mm. so I could be. Um, but I think, you know, I've always like wanted to be in a band, but I've never been like musically. You, you would be so like, like that. Everyone always asks me like, are you in a band? Or are you a rapper? And I'm like, no, they're like, you look you like one. You don't even have to like <laughs> really play. You could just like be just, up like, there. Stand like, there. Like, I'm a great Hype man, I I want to play bass because I like to you know. I can see you with the bass. Yeah. Did, have, did either of y'all see that uh that like four part series on HBO, the Defiant ones about like Dr. Dre after? So the guy who um owned the club that like Dr. Dre used to DJ at yeah. before NWA became a thing. They like the band that like group that Dr. Dre was in that like was in like the disco type yeah. clothes. The guy would just like hold a he was a no. guitar holder <laughs> and he like admittedly didn't play That's it. he just horrible. would stand up there with the choreography and just like wow hold the 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 piano That's worse guitar than Millie Vanilli, man. <laughs> yeah because he wasn't even like pretending that he was playing he was oh, just up there for, for the photos we gotta <laughs> yeah. we need yeah. a guitar in the picture but i do wonder for folks who do whether it's curation or space making and this kind of work how many of us uh were serious musicians or semi-serious yeah. musicians at a younger age and then let that go because what you just said about like whether it's the band or wishing that you kind of had the proficiency to yeah. 
be in that. So instead, you kind of build the room around yeah, it so that you get to be part of it. Most definitely. I know, at least for me, that's an instinct. Does that yeah. ring true? I think so, because yeah. I've just always been an enthusiast of those things. I remember when I was a kid, I like set up an art studio in my basement and I would go down there and like draw pictures of my hands and like, be like, oh, this isn't how I imagined it in my <laughs> mind. Like, I can't really do that kind of stuff. I do make art. I'm like an artist in a sense. A lot of people don't know that or I don't show the work. It's more like, a cathartic kind of processing experience and I think that the yeah like not paint no I do um like textile because I'm a writer like I started off as a young kid writing poetry and prose and fiction and stuff like that yes another poet (laughs) with a pen in hand (laughs) or not but yeah but so you started on the writing end and now when you talk about textiles what does that look like yeah so working with text and stuff like that I uh like to do like collage with words and stuff there's this one period where I couldn't write for a long time so I would just collect New York Times papers from my co-worker and like bring them to me every day I had stacks on stacks and I would cut out words that resonated with me and stood out to me and every day it was like a process or something to get me back into writing by mm-hmm. using other people's words to create something new out of it oh, so wow, that's powerful. yeah I would make um, these transparent um, collages and I would hang them and they were called dirty laundry because it was like my innermost thoughts I'm like exposing myself in that way and I actually showed it for the first time at the art department um, as a part of like resident artist group show um, we all had to show something and um, that was my first time showing that but mm. just different things like that or I'll do wood burning um, like words or poems and stuff into wood and then I'll oh. stain the wood so maybe one day I'll have an art show let, let, maybe let, one let day I'll play the bass like who knows <laughs> you have your old gallery but but that's actually you, you. You kind of answered a question that I like to ask often about process mm. as an artist myself, and like as I think about particularly young folks who may listen to the yeah. show. If there's any like tangible steps in terms of either developing or furthering craft, and that was you kind of like yeah, like when, with blockage something. to take in other sources. Mm-hmm. Um, did it help you get back to writing? As I you think intended? so because I mean the words, were, even though they were other words, they were still my own, and the mm-hmm. way that I. I formed them and stuff like that. And it just became like something that I did every day, almost like journaling. So Mm. like I had this whole year of my life of like these transparencies Mm -hmm. that I had. So that's just a capsule of like whatever I was going through or making at that time Mm -hmm. when I couldn't write. Definitely put that Yeah. So I love like, like that process and stuff, like especially for events and planning or even just spaces and how I view them or want them to look and feel I draw a map out before mm. like every show or like where the art's going to go or everything like that but even in my life like before I move into an apartment I draw out a map and I know where everything's going to go Man, before. I really should have done that yesterday <laughs> <laughs> very you know we, it was a super like boy way to like move we just like yeah. <laughs> yeah. stacked everything I got movers on one time <laughs> that's the way to go man movers are awesome if you can afford it I'll like with what, the when truck, I have my own gallery and then I'll <laughs> until then it's just me and a you all yeah man this is a complete random tangent but i just have to tell you what happened when i returned that u-haul yesterday so i go into the u-haul spot on uh is this the same guy moment. who like set the jew thing oh no so i like that guy that guy was great there was a, a little touch of it that's what this is but you know it happens no i walk Wait, back the in. jew thing you're just gonna say that and Let's then oh, yeah. so i'm online at the u-haul to pick up the van and it's taking a long time but you know it's just two guys running the whole thing and then the third employee comes in with coffees for them and one guy's like hey see i told you and he was like you know you were right i thought he was you know tight as a jew oh and then he goes no offense to jews but not looking up no anything it was just very funny it was just a funny moment but that's not so i walked back in to return it with that on my brain a little bit and there's just like a motorcycle dude sitting behind the counter, like kind of ruddy-faced, middle-aged white guy with like a big beard and like biker stuff. And it's right across from this church. Anyway, we get into this whole thing. He's a 30-year veteran of the Dallas Police Department uh, who is very involved with uh, the church. Uh, He's like a like motorcycle ministry. My favorite intersection. So we... <laughs> Gosh, that's a lot of like layers to that. The church and Jesus. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, police and Jesus. And Dallas and police. <laughs> it was, but anyway, was we managed to get... Game. We went in like a very interesting <laughs> direction. Uh, I, I can't tell the whole story. But basically, at one point, he was like trying to like frame it as us being... On opposite side, I was like, I'm. I refuse. I reject the premise that we are going at each other and that we're on opposite sides right now. We disagree, but we're not on opposite sides. And from there, he like was completely 
taken aback and didn't know what to do because he was like ready to come in fists up and like defend his point and instead i like sent him back and then told him he was wrong (laughs) so then you won things got very interesting that's just a side note so he said he wanted to listen i'm very i was like oh we do a talk show he goes oh i listen to a lot of talk radio in my truck and i was like I don't know if this is the you want to Shout out to that guy uh, if you're listening. I said I wasn't going to give him a shout out, but I was going to shout out oh. only the La Palma folks. I retract that, yeah, that no, shout out. That's, I'm sorry. We'll, we'll strike it from the right. <laughs> anyway, that's a completely... But yesterday, was it felt like a movie. Like There were like eight different interactions that were like, this feels scripted right now and I just wow. don't know it. It was very strange. Yeah, there's a lot of strange stuff happening. You know, Mercury's in retrograde right now. What does that mean to you? I don't know. My horoscope the other day said that I need to pay very close attention to my communications. I've been hit with these struggles of like not being able to communicate or get things out. And honestly, like it's been happening. I had my first computer fried because I spilled mushroom marinade all over it. Mm. This is a horrible week for me to not have a computer because I've had so much going on. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then the backup computer that I got refurbished um, wasn't working properly. So I had to send it back. So I'm out. Two computers. Did now. you try marinating that one? <laughs> no. Another side note: no. if anybody has any mushrooms, please let me know. <laughs> Cons- they, those were like real mushrooms. I'm, I'm really, really into mushrooms. Vegetarian life, like I'll eat them all. Um, you're, you're meatless. No, you're yeah. full vegetarian. Yeah, full vegetarian. How, how's that been? How long you been doing that? How's that going? It's my fourth year. Okay. Yeah. All right. You're like yeah. in the game. I know I can't do cheese. I'm lactose intolerant. Oh, so I you're tried, damn near vegan at I this point. I basically call myself like an accidental vegan mm. and like eggs upset my stomach, but I love eggs. So I try to eat them, but then I get nauseous. Mm. But mm. I don't want to like call myself a vegan because I like butter. Yeah, that's a Is there anything like worse than food. someone who calls themselves a vegan? There are a lot of things worse than something. Yeah, yeah, you know. We could bring this back on track a little bit. Yeah, Yeah, let's let's go back into like, so the you found creativity and shout out to grandma like putting you in spaces to like develop craft. Um, Where did it go from kind of that school based kind of like program based to like active internal journey yeah uh and then when when does chicago come yeah that that time most definitely i mean when i was growing up and stuff like that i would make magazines and stuff i mean the collage and like text stuff definitely goes hand in hand so i would like make magazines and stuff growing up with quizzes and yeah like like get a notebook and like put all this cut all the mm-hmm. stuff out and glue it in there and bring it to school and be like take this quiz like are you an it chick different stuff like that <laughs> or write about whatever music i was listening to and stuff like that so definitely always have like a love for magazines uh, like interview magazine was a mm-hmm. really big um, inspiration for me growing up because i've always been naturally inquisitive love picking people's brains and asking questions and stuff so um i think that it just evolved over time the more that i kind of honed in on the arts and and, you know, going to gallery nights and stuff with my dad when I was in middle school was super is he fun. An artist? Is my he dad is not an artist. He's a like a businessman. He's got his he's an entrepreneur too, but um, has a background in marketing. And uh, I did some stuff with marketing and things too, consulting, working with like a lot of different brands and things like mm-hmm. that. Um, on like the food side, but um, I shout out to dad. Shout out to dad. Yes, and um, my mom is a nurse. Uh, she grew up in like the health field, but she also wrote as a a young person, which I didn't know, like came across her journals and stuff in the attic. And my grandmother wrote and stuff like that too. And I think that they just always encouraged me to whatever I was interested in, whatever I wanted to do, they didn't really, you know, block me from exploring that. And immensely grateful for that. I mean, even now to this day, like I'm like crazy stuff I'm doing. My mom is like coming to the show. She'll come down to Chicago and stuff like that to check out. She was at the big crazy opening. Awesome. There were so many people there and she was like, I've got to go. But like, I just wanted to come. <laughs> this and is too much. It was too much. Yeah. She's like, Sarah, where's the VIP section? <laughs> Seriously. She's like, do you have chairs? I'm like, there's no room for chairs. Uh, you know? No, but you can we, come in the back seat. That's part of our platform. <laughs> yes. Is option, even if it's even if it's seven yeah, seats. Yeah, you know, seven seats. I don't want to have to sit, but I want to have the option to sit. For at least someone to yeah. sit. Someone should be able to sit. One piece I want to go back to that you mentioned. You talked about interview magazine and, and mm-hmm. how that like fit with being an inquisitive person. You know, I as you may have guessed, because of what we do, I do also love interviews, but mm-hmm. you know, more more so yeah. on the on the audio side. <laughs> what is it about? It being in print, which always to me, yeah. I feel like there's something 
at least in my reading of it that gets lost, not hearing people's voices. What, what is it about it being on paper or, or written down that, that speaks to you maybe over other forms of interview? Yeah, no, I definitely love print. Like if I could, I would do like a print edition of AMFM because AMFM initially uh, started off as like a print magazine for the web. I designed the website in college and made it look like with the pull quotes and the photos and just the way that the page was designed and things were placed. Um, I've always had a love for print. And, you know, with Interview Magazine, I would like collect them. The pictures were so huge and beautiful, beautiful, aesthetically beautiful. What I really loved about it was that it was other artists interviewing other artists. So it wasn't just like a super dry interview. It was really like on text. You could feel the life coming from Mm -hmm. it. Like you have like, I don't know, like Jay-Z interviewing like Kanye or something like that back then or something you know, in that day, but like having like that camaraderie between artists and someone who can understand your struggle or like things that you're going through, but also be able to offer a different lens because they would put completely two different people yeah. together, which was always interesting to me. It usually works. And sometimes it <laughs> yeah. I was just thinking about, did you ever see, this was like early in the, in the Chief Keef like explosion, uh, him and Donald Glover had a sit down ah. for Noisy. And Keith just refuses to answer any. Wow. It's like 25 minutes of Donald, like, so can you say, like, can you speak to, any, like, do you <laughs> want to talk about, it? what do you want to talk about? Just anything. Oh and my gosh. He's just sitting there and he just is just fidgeting with it, with his Gucci belt and wow. does not say a word the whole time. That's it's weird. actually a very interesting historical artifact. Yeah. So that historical artifact, print, magazines, if we had more and all time, that stuff I would like to go in depth on that. Definitely yeah. that. I would put, you, you know, time. pictures on my walls and stuff. I really like, being able to hold something tangible in your hands and like turn the page. Mm-hmm. Like that's what I really love about like newspapers and print and magazines and stuff like that. And then you can go back and kind of look at it. It's a time capsule of like what was there in that time. So yeah. you got digital stuff. Um, you never know what could happen to it. You know, paper can burn and stuff like that though too. True. But yeah. Everything burns as the Joker said. Yes. In the dark night. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah. But it's kind of like an interesting transition from – you know the, the 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 digital to like the most physical in, yeah. in space. So I, I want to go back to like more the dynamics of space building. Mm-hmm. But before we do that, just what was that journey of making that decision? Of yeah, what what I'm doing in in this community or this platform I'm building yeah. needs a physical location. I just kept finding like the. AMFM as a whole, like as a brand, kept finding myself surrounded in these communities of people who were doing like amazing work and wanting to be able to offer a platform because a lot of people can't get interviewed by like the larger magazines and stuff like interview or things like that, or you have to work your way up to that. But you need those first people to notice you or like give you Mm -hmm. a first interview or, you know, local stuff regionally also nationally like we focus on emerging artists from all over so um it started off as the website and the q a's and the stuff like that and then gradually evolved into doing events because i found myself like being lost in this web sphere like Mm -hmm. i'm connecting with people asking deep questions and stuff but there's no like physical Physical interaction with it and i was like i want to get out there and like see the people and like be with the people and like that was how i started doing shows and stuff like that and curating things and bringing different pockets of people together and then i think that having this space took that to an entirely different level because in doing shows i was like ah it's super hard to find a venue oh it's super hard to find a venue that's affordable it's super hard to do this and that. And there's not a lot of spaces for emerging artists to be able to go in and like do basically whatever they want, bring their ideas to fruition. And like having spaces that welcomed me in and gave Mm -hmm. me those opportunities to be able to do that. Like did a lot of stuff with Couture and Pilsen over off of like 19th and Carpenter, which sadly is now closed, but they're out in La Katrina Cafe now doing things. But we're a partner of mine and they let me utilize the gallery space to basically do whatever I wanted whenever I wanted. So it was like a home base sorts and i went to a bunch of those the, the yeah. jazz series pop-ups there those were some great shows like, thank really you feel yeah. yeah i miss that place like i really yeah. do like i love amfm but like those were like the beginnings and things like that like it was able to be consistent and like every second friday you knew that you could go there for like yeah. a jazz series or a show and just like building with different people in the community all the artists that have like taken the stage and stuff like that um but amfm came out of like losing that space and wanting something to like call my own and like be able to give back to the community that kind of welcomed me in that way Mm. so the people like 
gave me the space. Like I did a GoFundMe and like believed in the vision so much. We got displaced from there. And I'd just been looking for so long for like a space that was affordable, like a live work art kind of space. I had the residency at the art department. So I was able to do stuff on like a larger scale, but like just like that home base mm-hmm. kind of feel um, was definitely needed. So having that spot, I was like, oh, it's AMFM. It's it's this plot that you can go to. Like other yeah. people, when they want to have a show um, for their friends or they want to throw a listening party or yeah. have an art yeah, show and people to, to come. Like something yeah. Tangible. So let, go I, I just, I want to, since we're in that moment, you're talking about wanting to then have something to contribute. And you are, you know, even though Milwaukee's not far, you are definitely a transplant to this community. Yeah. So you 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 mentioned three or four times, like feel, feeling very welcomed and like brought in and like you could become a part of it. Um, how long did that take? What was that process like? And to you, like, what does it mean to be fully part of it? Do you feel fully part of it? Is there still this distance? It just it's something that I'm, yeah. everything's a projection. So it's no. just stuff I'm always navigating to. That's <laughs> super interesting. And that's some kind of like questions or like things that I've been navigating with myself too. Like whether it's my place to do stuff like this, not being from Chicago, like the different neighborhoods that I'm going mm-hmm. to and stuff like that. So yeah, um, a, also a lot of contention around. Pilsen yeah. Yeah. Space. Definitely. Especially right now. Yeah. yeah. And like just, a lot of different areas in Chicago too, like, especially with it being like a lot of the things I do being a pop-up, but really it's to like bring people and like melt everyone together and stuff like that, or like plant seeds in different areas so that we can all grow and stuff. But um, basically what I would say about that is like, Pilsen is the, the, the base. I love the culture. I love, Uh, The people that have welcomed me in there, like I'm the type of person who knows my neighbors, like I'll say hello to you, like come and chop it up. Like I know the people on the corner, like that's always been the kind of person I am. Like I was talking about, you know, taking the bus and like traveling and stuff like that. But when I came to Chicago, I was really just looking to find like my people and like my tribe, like wanting to go to art shows. So I started going to like a lot of stuff and like music shows or open mics and just like supporting other stuff like the gala. Like I met a ton of people. Mm -hmm. The gala was like a huge inspiration for a lot of the work that I did but people just kind of welcomed me in like because they recognized like the authenticity that I had and like I'd be like oh I'm doing this magazine like I'd love the song that you just did like can I talk to you more about your work like I would love to do an interview or Q&A with you and stuff like that so I just started like going out and talking to folks and like building and you know if you see someone enough times and like you talk to them enough times like you're like oh like she's good people so I mean even like pugs like I was talking uh, today, like my first time being in this building was with Pugs um, on his radio show. And that was, was like, I. yeah, <laughs> first time in Chicago. And like, he didn't know me. I met him at a concert. I went to see, who was it? Who did I go see? Quantic. I went to see Quantic and he was opening with DJ Vadim and um, I loved his haircut. And I was like, yo, like your haircut's so tight. Like he had like this yeah. Nefertiti in the back and stuff like that. And just started Before chopping up with it. the locks. <laughs> There's almost a parallel. Like, he would wear his hat. Yeah. Wear, you look a little bit like 09 Pugs. Hey, right now. That's awesome. Shut up. We should have oh, a Shout out to Pugs. Pugs is the man, man. At least Pugs you know how to get up to the yeah. stage. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, so I, I, th- there's a, a deeper question I want to ask, but something that I also like to do often is like names, I think are really important. Yeah. I think sometimes we take it for granted. Um, and I just want to go back to the moment of how that name came about what does it mean has, has it like layered in multiple meanings of amfm oh true and, and, and what, what i thought that's yeah it's like um no, not, your name. not my name not pugs i was like oh. <laughs> yeah um amfm stood for uh like based upon arts music fashion magazine it was like an acronym for that and like the magazine was like the stuff i would super go hard for and like now it's so much more than a magazine because we started doing all the events and because we have this space. So I think of it as a lifestyle brand now and we use it as an umbrella to work with all of the artists and things that we do. Like the gallery space isn't just a gallery or venue. It's also an incubator. So we have studio space and have resident artists that were working out of the space, like an illustrator, podcaster, and a fashion designer looking for more uh, resident artists 
as well too. So who's the podcaster? The podcaster, uh, Trouble from P Power oh, Radio. Right. Yeah, she's doing a live show. So like when they come in and have a residency, they get like a key. They can come and use the space. They have a desk there, and um, you can do events and shows at the space to further your practice. So cool. yeah, kind of like took the Chicago art department um, method, <coughs> like being able to be in that space. Um was a big, big part of my growth in Chicago mm-hmm. and being able to bring these larger visions and ideas that I had and just being connected in like an arts community and like a different, like higher level, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, let's stay there. I still haven't gotten to like the question I want to ask <laughs> because we're, we're, we're getting to like, some good stuff. No, no. <laughs> you leave, leave the breadcrumbs out there. Yeah. Uh, but the Chicago Art Department, I, I, I don't think we've really discussed a lot here. And I feel like just in life, I find myself closer or I'm just seeing more and more our, yeah. our folks or my folks there. Yeah. And, and like, I don't, even though I've like kind of been in there pretty intimately, I still don't fully understand <laughs> what it is or how yeah. it operates, but it seems to be doing it well. Yeah, so it's super cool. what was your introduction? And now as having gone through residency, your yeah. understanding of, of that space and institution. Yeah, the art department's really cool. It was started uh, by Mike Norris and Nat. Uh, they started off as like this small space on the west side and actually it's grown into like the institution that it is to Rafa Halstead. Um, but there's resident artists like throughout the whole space. Uh, there's these two large gallery rooms. One kind of operates as a gallery and the other one is more studio like, but also event space as well. And there's about 19 resident artists that are like housed in there like on any game we're not all there like you know but um you have access free right yeah brandon brown Mm -hmm. a bunch of people yeah and people we've got like wood shop like woodworkers in there there's like an entire like letter press studio this guy kent uh really dope uh artist does work there he's been there for like five years so with the art department it's not like you're in there for one year it's like in a lot of time um they ask you how you would like to further your practice and like your art and the work that you do and how the space can benefit that. And if you'd like to stay, you can, you know, just talk about what you want to focus on for the next year and continue your residency. So we've got people who've been there for as short as a year. People have been there for like seven people who have gone and come back, stuff like mm-hmm. that. You're part of how the do you community. feel you benefit it from? from no, like the art department, like, I can't believe like I would probably wouldn't have my own space like as soon or like in the way that I was able to do it if it wasn't for the art department and like being in that element and like seeing those types of things and like meeting artists and stuff like that and being surrounded by um surrounded by beautiful and brilliant minds and like we have monthly meetings and talk about all the work that we're doing individually and share that with the group and what's going on in this space on any given time somebody's working on something else another show is coming up another show is coming down um so it's been really really great and i initially went there to do this show called masquerade which i did last year we run two years now so maybe two years ago um, it was a show that I had because I was interested in mass and like identity and like ascribed identities and what you want people to see in the mass that we wear in like everyday life and like different roles that we play. So I reached out to 15 different artists in Chicago and wanted them to each design a mask mm-hmm. and paired it with Pugs from Meridium uh, to do a fashion show. So it's kind of like a mass fashion show. We have music performances and DJs. And I actually made all the masks from like plaster, like on the model spaces, like people I didn't know. Like wow. I'm just yeah. like having this intimate moment with them. And like it's almost a way of like peeling off the mask, even though you're like putting it on in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, so that show was the biggest show that I had um, at that time and kind of catapulted me into doing all these events in Chicago. And I went there trying to rent out this space. Like, oh, like I came across this space. It's really cool. And um, I want to do something here. And Mike Norris was like looking at my work and like things that I had done. And he was like, actually, I think that you'd be a great person Mm -hmm. for a residency. If you'd like to apply here, you can do that. And then you can do your event here. So I did that and ended up getting the residency and like never looked back. And I got my own space within like before the year was even up, which is kind of crazy, like thinking about timing. But that event was crazy. Like 250 plus people came. We had like both rooms packed and it was uh, really, really lit and like talked about and stuff. So we did it again last year, bigger and better at Lost Arts. But um Having that event there just led to so many other things, like having these two large blank canvases and being able to kind of have free reign. Yeah. It was really cool. Yeah, I love hearing the way you talked about the like just the 
surrounding of brilliant minds in a room yeah because i think you know we talked about that whether it's you know in different craft in the city yeah and that being like the fertile ground that so many of the people who whether it's up here or doing other great work in the city both like in other media and also on the organizing end and just in general yeah like we've seen that that's that's the thing that it grows from chicago I- is like brilliant honestly i'm surrounded by so many inspirational people every day uh, my friends are all crazy amazing like it just makes you want to go harder. And like, what I really love is like that element of like collaboration and people working together yeah. um, to put on for each other. And then it lifts us all up, like, honestly. So that's been the most inspiring thing for my work is just being surrounded by people like you oh, every day. So, <laughs> as, as kind as that is, and I, I want to take it in a, and this is in no way. I, I just, I think in the, in the structure of what we do, it would be remiss. And, and we alluded to it and you alluded to it a little bit earlier, but in thinking about, um, you know, you say we, we all kind of rise together and, and that's not necessarily the case for folks who are not necessarily given access to those rooms. So yeah. I do think it's worth talking about up here. One of the you know, most dynamic kind of back and forth conversations between episodes we have between uh, DK from the dojo and Ricky Gamboa, who just came back on the show and talking about the way that specifically in Pilsen, but you can apply it across the city, yeah. but let's, let's keep it kind of grounded the way that art washing contributes to pushing folks out. Um, and so it, this is not a, an accusation or an expose. I am yeah. curious just for you as someone who is thinking about communal work in all these different ways, what, ha- what kind of balances have you found in your own thinking around the ways that, you know, these like, the aesthetically beautiful <laughs> building communities mm-hmm. uh, are layered on top of and, and submerging communities that have been there before. Yeah. No, and I definitely, it hasn't been like an easy run. Like, I think that Chicago, like you have to prove yourself a lot to people as well, too. Everyone won't just welcome you with open arms and things like that. It's not not like clicky, but I feel like people have people that they they run with and they do stuff with and then your questions about your authenticity like are you here are you about the city are you about the people and stuff like that so i think that that level of like proving yourself um but also like you know definitely in pilsen i'm aware of like the gentrification and that whole conversation and what's happening in the area and how people have been responding to that and specifically like on a national level too and like what's happening in the world and like social change and how I've been able to respond to that. And I always take it back to the work and like the mission of why I do the work that I do and it's to build community and to bring people together and to create access for space, for spaces and for people that they're not able to access those things or bring inclusion and diversity into spaces that might not necessarily have that. That's why I travel and do pop-ups all over the city because I don't want any type of community to feel marginalized or people to feel like they can't go to a certain area of the city because of what they heard. And I talk about that a lot with like Milwaukee, like people think Milwaukee is oh so great. Like, oh, we've got all these breweries oh the art museum it's cool but like like i said i grew up in the hood of milwaukee people don't talk about that and i being the person who came out of that always want to go back to that kind of bringing people over there my white friends and like friends i had in school were always welcome at our house growing up they would come over every christmas like we'd wrap presents and stuff and like i wanted to show them that like it isn't what you hear, you know, you hear a lot about Chicago and you hear a lot about the violence and stuff that happens here, but you don't hear about the beautiful things that are happening in our communities as well. So being in Pilsen in particularly has been like a point of like a tug of war almost in a way. Um, I'm trying to find ways to connect with the community because I don't want to be another person who has come into a community that is not mine and done something or made any sort of like ripple. And as a person of color doing work in those communities, but not being from that community, like what does that look like and how can I ingrain myself within that community? Like I said, I like to talk to my neighbors. I want people to know like what I'm doing and what I'm all about. So 
I'm trying to be diverse in the programming that I have there. So if I'm not able to offer something like that to the people, then I'll find someone who will be able to do that for their own community. Like the West Side Wednesdays, um, I'm not from the West Side, I'm not from Chicago, but I was given that platform to be able to do that work because I was just having a conversation and wanted to find ways to bridge the gaps between like the institution and the community that was there. So I was like, have you invited the community? Do they feel welcomed? Like, can you do something to make them feel welcomed there? So we're doing this open mic. I'm not hosting. I'm not doing anything. I got people from the West Side to host and to feature and do all of that stuff. So that's basically like what I try to do. It's all about curation. It's all about who you can put on the bill, who you can get involved so that you can bring different types of folks together from different walks of life who might not be in the same room together, but you're all there for a similar mission. You love music, you love art, you love people. So that's how I think those gaps can be kind of bridged. Speaking of bridge, I th- you answered that very well. And that gave me my ladder. <laughs> to this question. <laughs> that, I, that, that happens. To, but to, to kind of like, to speak to where we are, uh, I think we often like, have a uh it's hard gentrification is such a force that it's really hard for us to understand because it happens in such long sweeps and then things can seem but at the same time things can seem immediate um and so what i think is important from my understanding is that gentrification is one um a structural force and an economic force Mm -hmm. and oftentimes what we see are like the individual like benefactors or results yeah. and also like the social dynamics and i think we often like and this is something you you struggle with a lot as like a, a white individual coming into a a i'm talking to kiss for folks <laughs> <to the room. laughs> um, and, and i think you've done a very good job of like wrestling with and something that i've kind of tried to explain is that like as an individual you are not the gentrifying. It's the company, right? Or it's yeah. the it's the it's it's not the the artist itself. It's the the board that gets together that's not connected. That's to the something artist. that the, I had to deal with too. Chooses the funding. Yeah. And, but how do you think about that as a space? Whether you own the building or not, there is this. It's one thing to be contributing to something that is. It's another thing to be someone with an ownership stake. Yeah. You know, literally having a storefront on a block with your name or your your magazine's name on. That's very different from. Then, then it is beyond just. It's, it's a little bit more structural, and, yeah. And and in those, but as an individual, I think mm-hmm. you can use those that positionality for a force of anti gentrification, right? Yeah. Uh, because it requires organizing and collectivity to resist, uh, and so that, as you also were talking about ex- accessibility, uh, leads to the question that I really want to get to. <laughs> Finally, <laughs> not only for the listeners, but also for like us in the room, because I think we are all space makers. Um, and so it came from that moment where we were talking about optional seating, which is like an ongoing joke that we have. Uh, one, just because like my back starts hurting. I really stand up for more than like 20 minutes. Yeah. Uh, but it's also like a real thing about like a, for a space to be accessible to yeah. all bodies. Um, mm-hmm. There needs to be at least a few chairs yeah. because somebody may need them. Yeah, most Which then definitely. goes to like the larger question of like accessibility and then how to distribute and utilize finite resources. And as we are part of, you know, building and developing a space, the breathing room space, mm-hmm. what are a lot of the struggles that you have in terms of outside of the large structure location yeah. like inside the walls, inside the doors of things of accessibility or, you know, whether it be with the residents and, and, and sharing a resource, what mm-hmm. are some of the struggles that you have worked through as a space builder uh, I th- that I think are very important? Because the DIY model in space building is becoming yeah. so prevalent. Yeah. That I think you can give us some really good lessons and examples. Most definitely. I've been, you know, extreme. Ha! I got it out. You hey. see? Was it, was it worth it, y'all? Yeah. <laughs> We're still here. And now you just don't even want the answer. <laughs> what are your thoughts? Uh, I've been exploring um, DIY spaces and like establishment of like a space as well, too. And what that looks like, because... A lot of like the root of my work is writing the line of like institution and non-institution and DIY and non-DIY space. Like I want it to be a community DIY centered space, but operating on like the level of like an institution. So um, being able to have access to 
higher institutions, but being able to bring the community with me has been particularly of importance to me. So, you know, doing the show at the MCA, I was trying to think about who can I get involved? Like, mm-hmm. who would I, who wouldn't be able to come into the MCA and do a show? Like, who is like, like, who can I get? Like, I want to bring as many people as I can with me on this journey, because if I'm putting on for myself and like the brand and everything, the brand is based upon putting on for everybody. It's mm-hmm. for the people, by the people. So I think about that fairly often. And I want to be able to bring emerging artists to a space, but, you know, have artist talks and stuff like that. So people can come and engage with their work in different ways. I want to, you know, have a more cultural experience outside of just the art parties and stuff that I do have a little bit more depth to it with that and, you know, have different things like programming in the space. We're starting this thing called soul Sunday on Sunday because I felt that um, there's a need for like spiritual wellness and Mm -hmm. people having a space that they can go to, to get their mind right or do yoga or, you know, (laughs) come and have a tarot reading and different stuff like that. Because I found when I did it as a pop-up for one of my other events, people were like, is this like a regular thing? Like, this is something that I need. I try to listen to the people as Respond much as I can. Need, yeah. yeah. So I've, in, in doing that, are there particular challenges that you are either struggling through or have struggled yeah. past? I think though too, like one particular struggle that I've had is like, you know, trying to make sure, like I said, that I always go back to the mission. Like I got into some kind of like interesting flack surrounding gentrification and what it looks like to be a brown person doing this work and stuff like that because of a collaboration that I did with a developer. And I didn't see it as a a bad thing because I brought in so many brown people into this space and it was probably one of the most culturally diverse events that they had. I came to that space because a friend that I knew lived there and I have people on the north side and stuff like that. But because I was, you know, not like sleeping in bed with the enemy, I didn't view it in that way. I thought it in a way that I was bringing people to the space to to help the situation or something like that. And just That's having Yeah, it's definitely a fine and line. It just has to do with who who wins yeah <laughs> you know? like who yeah benefit, who benefits more yeah and that's they not will to say, always benefit from you yeah, bringing people there that's true but the question is are you and the people around you yeah and the communities that they are yeah. trying to be representational by bringing you in what are they actually what are y'all actually getting out of it yeah just thinking about that and like how people are used in the community and not necessarily as like pawns and stuff like that or like tokenizing and stuff in that realm but Trying to think about that instance really made me take a step back and like take a look at the work that I was doing. Like, mm. yes, I'm in Pilsen. I really need to make sure that I ingrain myself as much as I can in what's going on. As like a business owner, I need to know what's going on in the community that I live in. I need to know my role in that. I need to go to alderman meetings, yeah. like see what's happening. I want to invite people to the space to have a conversation about gentrification and what that really is. Because I think a lot of people talk about it, but a lot of people don't necessarily know what it is and what it looks like and how it can affect us as a people. And people are having these conversations all the time. But me as like a business owner and a brown person and a person doing arts, because you know, this conversation of arts as gentrification, like it's a great thing. Like arts bring people together, but like, what does that role look like? And me opening up on that block and then another space opening up around the corner because I popped up over there and now other things happening and stuff. It's not to say I don't get stuff from the community, but I always talk to people and try to meet them where they're at and that takes it back to like other work that I've done. Like if you heard something or you think you know something, Come and talk to me because honestly, like I seriously, (laughs) I'll have a conversation and like we can get to the 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 root of the issue and figure out positive solutions for change and like what we can do as a whole to address the different issues and stuff like that. So I want people to come and like I have like an open door policy. Like I commend you. I think you 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 are approaching a very something that's larger than all of us, and I think I haven't even heard any tangible solution approaches uh, <laughs> anybody at, at all like yeah. it, it, is, it is kind of like a, a force of, it feels like a hurricane to be honest yeah. um so yeah i commend you <laughs> in being in a really tough 
Thank you. Yeah, just trying, especially not being from Chicago. I like think about that often. I'm like, is it my space to be doing that here? Why was I able to do it more so here than in my hometown? Like just the ways that Mm -hmm. different communities embrace you and stuff like that um, has been really interesting to me and like reflection of my work over time and how things have kind of just been catapulted in the last couple of months with the space, you know, got you know, black and brown tension, which is uh, interesting to me, though, too, because if like people are giving it to us on like a societal level, why would you do that to each other? But like it's deeply rooted in so much more. It's like, yeah, very big. You've got people coming by thinking that we're gangbangers or something because there's a lot of black people outside the gallery or something like that. But none of us are on that stuff. We're just here to have a good time and enjoy great music and stuff like that and uh, bring folks together. So yeah, it's been really interesting. <laughs> abrupt shift. We, we, we really got to get out of here, but we're going to do it. The, the, <laughs> the, 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 the cornerstone of Ergo, uh, a game we like to play. It's all about accountability and there's a sect of the world that has run amok and we try to call like it out. <laughs> we try to call it out as much as we can. And those are R&B singers. <laughs> so we try to ask our guests every week to start beef with an R&B Start singer. Beef. Yes, okay. you got to have some R&B beef. Oh, man. And we got to know why. If you if you are inclined to say R. Kelly, you, you are given that. Was, that. Like, I was trying to think of who I would it's, have beef with. He's, he's, the he's in the Raptors. The, the game exists because of him. Poor guy. So. <laughs> <laughs> wow, well, that was a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Must be nice. <laughs> no, I mean, he was the first person that I thought of. Um, like, we were at... Um, the West Side Wednesdays the other day and the DJ was playing. I was like, you can't play this around all these kids. Like, why are you playing this? And they're like, yo, he's from over here. Like just that whole like thing, like that conversation of like the artists and like the work that they do and trying to separate those Mm -hmm. two things. uh, It's a great conversation. I mean, feel the same way about Kanye. We had another hour. Yeah. (laughs) You know, but we do have to run. No, probably. (laughs) I mean, I'll just say like the cliche response, probably like R. Kelly or I don't know. I'm going to need Nicki Minaj to come with Okay. With some better bars. Okay. okay. I'm really, I'm really. She also does her R&B little thing. Yeah. That, 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 that counts. Yeah. A hundred percent. Thank you for bringing that. Up there. <laughs> I don't know. R&B, man. Uh, Usher. Usher. Is it a lie? Uh, Is it real? Usher's I really the, don't the, know, the, man. Yeah. I really don't know. Man. I want to believe uh, the women. To pile on. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much where, for being Where can there. the people Thank find you? you? Give them the, yeah, the platforms. Yeah, I'm on all the platforms. Um, we're in Pilsen, 21st and uh, Levitt at the spot. Like literally, if you're looking for something to do on any given weekend or sometimes during the week, we've got something going on. Um, social media is AMFM Life, L-I-F-E. Um, are you about that life? Make sure you follow and keep up with what we're doing. Um, come on the 8th. It'll be really, really fun. Thank you awesome. so much Thank you for guys. sharing your thoughts and, uh, and and what you're wrestling with and wrestling with uh, wrestling through it with us. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, we're going to get up on out of here. Uh, for those here on WHPK, we are Airgo Radio. All sports is coming up next for any and every episode of Airgo Radio. Check us out at airgoradio.com. We'll be back next week with another Strung In Voice from Chicago and beyond. Much love to the people. Peace. <laughs>